Thank you for listening to the Something Significant Podcast brought to you by HappyLiving.com. Here at Happy Living, we're on a mission to improve the health and well-being of the world, one person at a time. Something Significant is the series where Mac Ersper, aka Mr. Happy Living, interviews ordinary people doing extraordinary work in the world. Here at Happy Living, we define significance as doing something you love and creating something of value to others. We believe the pursuit of significance is a foundation of health because it brings meaning, focus, and purpose to your life. Today, we are pleased to welcome Herman Stone and Jason Cox. Herman is a bona fide movie theater mogul, having spent more than 40 years as a film industry entrepreneur and founder of Discovery MS. Jason is an associate vice president at Morgan Stanley and partner at Discovery MS. These two men have one mutual goal, finding a cure for multiple sclerosis. So Matt, take it away. Hey, Herman and Jason, welcome to the Something Significant podcast. The first question is, tell us a little about yourself and how you got to where you are today. (laughs) All right. Uh, My name is Jason Cox, and I have gotten to where I am by a uh, series of happenstances. Um, I I was working... in in my hometown, having my own companies, and I had MS, and multiple sclerosis, uh, believe it or not, I took my vision in my right eye in September of 2001, and then I decided I was going to go back to school because I figured that no matter whatever happened with my MS, I could always be able to think. Uh, It took my, my walking ability or anything else, so I... I applied and was accepted at the University of Notre Dame. I got my MBA in Notre Dame. Then I continued my academic exploration. I went to the University of Southern California and got my Master of Real Estate. And then I had friends in North Carolina, and so I moved to North Carolina, where I met my wife in 2007. And then, happened to in 2009, Herman Stone and I met at the David H. Murdoch Institute. I have worked with my family foundation since 1996, and we have always promoted um, research and thought about diseases that impact the Cox family. So, when I was introduced to what David H. Murdoch was doing here, we, we were giving money to National Met Society and Foundation of Medical Sciences. But I was impressed what they were doing here because this was true, pure research and thought. There was no extraneous expenses. And it's been done by a exemplary university, uh, Duke University. So I got involved with Herman, and uh, we have worked together to, to create and get a uh, 501c3 under David H. Murdoch to be able to further their research and cause here to come up with a cure for the disease that I have lived with for 22 years, multiple sclerosis. That's my motivation. That's how I got to be here. I got to be here. I had read about uh, this incredible facility being built in Canapolis. And then just recently before that, learned that my youngest son had uh, 
Side note, I really appreciate uh, your support for uh, our little Make-A-Wish cause. That was very, uh, very meaningful to me. Okay, that's great. Good start. Question number two, how has significance played a role in your journey? giving back to others, how has, how has that okay. impacted your
So the next question is kind of like, uh, uh, when was that moment? Was there a moment or a situation when you became aware of, the question is, those things that are most significant to you? But another way of thinking about it is, when your life really got clarity that, that this is the mission that you're going to go on? Well, to me, it was, you know, it, it was a shock when, my daughter came to me and told me that she had MS. Uh, it was a tremendous blow to me. I guess you'd call it a wake-up call. Um, and then what was it, Justin, eight, nine years later? Eight, eight years? It's about five years. Five years later. Then Justin was having some problems, and then he was diagnosed Mm. And, you know, I think when hardship touches your life, uh, it puts it puts life in a, not a whole perspective, and it certainly did for me. Yeah. And that's when I really knew that I needed to change some things I was doing in my life and see if I could do some other things for. That could make a difference. Having two children with MS is very rare. And that was, that was my wake-up call. Yeah. Excellent. How about you, Jason? Uh, for me, uh, mine would end up, I have to say, it was September of uh, one. I was driving on Interstate 94 or 90 to uh, South Bend, driving into the sun, and I was like, something's not right. And you're kind of looking at the abyss, because when you have disease that I have, you don't know what the future's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I've always been stubborn, just so you know. Um, so at that point, I just said, you know what? I am not letting this stop me. I'm going to keep moving forward. There's going to be a resolution. I will do everything in my power and might to fight this disease. Period. 
basically work on that cost. I wanted to find an answer for this disease. So, how about my moment that I wanted to have significance? It was the day that I decided that enough's enough. You're not, it's not going to kill you. You're going to move forward and you're going to, to keep moving. And that was my day. Number 2001. That's great. So that was. Matt, let me, let me digress just a second and go sure. back. I received a call years ago from my good friend Tom Sherrick, and he was president of 20th Century Fox. And he called me up, and he was crying. And he said, Herman, I need your help. And I said, well, well sure, Tom, how can I help you? And he said, uh, my daughter, Melissa, has been diagnosed with MS. Mm. Now, this was six, seven years before my daughter was diagnosed. Mm. And he said, I'm going to put on a, uh, we're going to put on a function out here on the Avenue of the Stars in Hollywood. And I need you to buy a table for me. And the table will be $10,000. And I had the, the number of screens that I could do that. I said, sure. So I bought the table. I bought a table for the next uh, 15 years every year. Uh, it allowed Mr. Sherrick, or I, I call Tom, to start an MS research facility at UCLA. Um, and, and then I went out to a couple of them. But here again, I know you that I'd get a call from my daughter. Right. And she so we lost Tom year before last. Uh, he had prostate cancer. And with all the great work that this gentleman has done, because um, UCLA, is, they made a lot of good strides with MS2. So, you know, you just never know what life's going to bring you. Right. Hmm. The cards are going to get dealt. I miss Tom tremendously, but I'm so thankful for all the great work and the startup of UCLA MS Research. So, so, so the, the next question. So you you both just kind of shared when that that moment happened and your life got clear and, and this was a, a mission you were on to to fight MS, uh, what obstacles have you faced during that journey on that fight and how have you overcome how have you overcome them? Well I think I think what 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 we're working on right now is five on one that the obstacle when I found out that the silent Gregory was spending as much time as he was drawing up grass. And that's when my friend and I decided that we need to go a different way. We need to raise money, put money in his hands 
Okay, so on, on the obstacle question, you both talked about obstacles to raising money, and, and I got that. That's great. But let's go a little bit more personal and talk about obstacles that you've faced, Jason, um, having the disease and how, you overcame, how you've overcome them. And Herman, the obstacles that you've faced as a father with two children facing this disease. So maybe you can both talk about that just for a second, how, you over, how you've overcome those obstacles that uh, life's thrown at you. I really don't think that you ever come. I I uh, I I live with this every day. Uh, that I'm that I'm awake. I think about it constantly. Uh, you pray. You hope that there'll be a, a cure. That there'll be a miracle. Uh, I, I haven't been able to overcome it. <clears throat> uh, I try to live with it the best I can. I think that's the only way I know how to answer that question. That's a great way to answer it. Matt, how do I live with MS? I get up every day, I go forward. There's days you're, you really don't want to. Days your legs aren't going to work. Um, night you can't sleep. You don't swallow up. But you know what I do? I focus on a goal. I have a goal. Dude, I might, here's my goal. My goal is I want to walk my daughter down the aisle. That's my ultimate number one goal. I want to walk her. I don't want to be in a wheelchair. I want to walk my daughter down the aisle. Which means I got to keep walking for at least another 20 years. <laughs> so that's my goal. I have a goal. I focus on it every day. My goal is to take care, take care of my family, raise my kids. And when that day comes and I walk her down the aisle, something happens after that, okay, fine. But that's my goal. It's in my head, and I will continue working every day to go forward. So how do I get through it? I have goals. That's great. I'm glad I re-asked the question because I remember you telling me that story, and that is a, that's a great way to overcome things. All right, we're gonna lighten things up a little bit here. Um, the next question is, what is, the, what is one thing you wish you knew 10 years ago? I'm not sure we have enough time. That <laughs> <laughs> just says one thing, not all the things. <laughs> Two great kids, and have a really good career. So, ten years ago, if I'd have, 
if I if, if I would have been told I'd have this, I'd be, I'd be excited. But you know, you I like with anything in life. You can't get to where you really want to be without going through all the things they had to go through last year. So, so are you saying that if you if ten years ago you had known how wonderful your life would be, you would have worried less or been less? Probably, yeah. Okay. But I would have, you know, I would have just, I, I, I would have definitely, uh, yeah, I would have read a little bit less. That would be the easiest way of putting it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good one. All right, Herman. He gave you some cover time. you out of trouble. We'll come back to that one maybe if, if you think of something. The next question is what is one hope that you have for the next 10 years? Oh, that's an easy question. I think it is. I hope and pray that we find a solution and a cure for MS that can uh, give a lot of relief to a lot of folks. Uh, that's my everyday prayer and hope and wish that I have. Yeah, that's an easy one. We're working hard. I, I'm, I'm encouraged when I see what we're doing here at the North Carolina campus. What UCLA is doing, what Northwest is doing. I mean, we've got three really good research facilities, right? Yeah. So we're coming at MS in a lot of different directions, aren't we, Jason? We are, definitely. And, and uh, I hope that. David Murdoch's movement he set up here is replicated on the West Coast somewhere. Because you get two things. You get an additional set of samples on the West Coast, and you have a second that I imagine is going on value adopter this for one of these out there. You look the building, you put it all in. I said Jenny the article this week. It is truly an astounding business model because all of a sudden you've you changed it. 
Yeah, that, that, that so that, Jason, let me ask about that. That replication. Let's let's suppose that uh, Herman's wish comes true, and there's a cure for MS. And so, therefore, let's just say it's a big old. It's a real deal. It's a cure. It's done. So then, is the is the Murdoch facility and business model? Does it move into another disease? Trust me, there's always going to be diseases. Yeah. Okay. And. And no matter where you are in the world, but I, I just think that uh, given all the additional capital and money on the West Coast and the ability that is on the West Coast and on the East Coast, we've got the East Coast covered, we've got the West Coast involved, and then you'd have two different silos going after diseases in a, in, in a the most cost-effective and the most collaborative environment that there is. Okay, when you talk about the, the business model, it's primarily let the scientists be scientists and have a uh, fundraising uh, methodology outside of that organization so they can spend all their time researching. Is that, am I oversimplifying exactly. it? Yeah, yeah. That is Bas it. yeah, basically give, okay. give them a facility, let these people pay rent, and include in their rent, give them the best equipment, give them all the specimens they could ever want to study, and let the universities and the tenants supply the people and the brain power. That's the business model. Because every different institution here is studying some, something different, a different disease. Lou Gehrig's, uh, diabetes, they all are, they're all studying their specifics. So but it's... it's I'd like, I'd like to say, make a statement that I am eternally grateful and will always be for David Murdoch um, and for the contribution that he has made to North Carolina, um, to, Duke, to a lot of the colleges here, with this great facility, because uh, he truly has given North Carolina a tremendous asset in this research facility. And I'm eternally grateful for him. And he is a man of character. He's a man of word. And uh, I think we all should recognize what David Murdoch has done for our state and for this whole community. Excellent. Uh, Okay, last question. Are there any books or resources that you'd recommend? Favorite books? Or it could be favorite movies, too, I suppose. <laughs> I'll do a favorite book. It's strange, strange enough. Um, I'll, I'll give you two books. One is The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Yeah, read it. That's a great one. Art of War. Art of War by Sun Tzu. Yeah. And, 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 and I'll go to movies. I'm not much of a reader. I've spent most of my time uh, with architectural plans built in movie theaters. Uh, I don't know. I have so many good movies. It's hard to say one particular one. I mean, I recently saw Sully. I thought that was 
That reminds me, so you said you have a, a charitable fund that helps uh, low-income people go to the, go see films, go, go to the theater? Matt, there's even another book he really does recommend, <laughs> Turning Inspiration into Action. <laughs> That's a great book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know... So I think you said earlier that you have a, a charitable foundation or effort that helps low-income people go to the theater? Yeah, we have, uh, man, we do a children's series every summer uh, in all, all of our theaters, uh, six to eight weeks every summer, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, a dollar. We have school buses. We have kids that have never seen the light of the big screen because they can't feel like they can afford to go. Uh, we make it very affordable. Is that is that uh, something that people can... Uh, is that something people can donate to or that's something that you just do internally? Uh, I do that internally. Um, okay. We had this summer in the four 14 places that I now operate over 75,000 kids. That's great. Is that's there some giving back? And that's for a dollar. We have like five worth a dollar. We make it so affordable. That's great. And to go down front and look back up into the stadium and watch these kids' eyes when they first time they see Hollywood on the big, big screen, boy, those, those eyes look like 50 cent pieces. <laughs> they cannot believe it. So, how, so this is great, Herman. How long have you been doing that? Uh, oh, my gosh. Years and years. Since uh, you... I've done, it when, I've done it for a long time, man. So you were doing this before you sold... Huh? You were doing this before you sold your business and restarted four days later. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. right back doing it again. And, okay, uh, that's, that's just, uh, you know, that it, it really is. I mean, uh, to see kids that their parents can't afford to go, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's... Uh, but we make it where the daycare centers can come in there, and, I mean, they come in there with the thousands. That's great. You guys are the whole, everybody that's on the other end of this phone, um, are really impressive. I'm really proud to be a part of a little tiny part what you're trying to accomplish here and uh, that's what I hope I can put into the piece is to get that out because you're very very impressive thank you thank you thank you all right we we appreciate that you're DV, you're taking we appreciate your time and your effort and, uh, and we all pray that we will be very very successful me too Thank you for listening to our Something Significant interview with Herman Stone and Jason Cox of Discovery MS. If you liked today's interview, you'll love being a part of the Happy Living community. To join us, just go to happyliving.com. Benefits include a free Happy Living book, inspiring blog posts delivered straight to your inbox, and special offers exclusive to the Happy Living community. It's all free, so come on and join our mission 
to improve the health and well-being of the world one person at a time.